It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide Eating shit pies Maybe get high Alright, g'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on episode 20 Bit of a milestone, getting to 20 I was happy when I got to 20 years of age, let alone 20 potties, so that's pretty pretty good times. Um, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Well, today, listeners, you would not believe who we have with us. We have one of probably the greatest of all times. You know, I know that term gets thrown out a fair bit and you can only kind of um, stamp it on one person, but with, with, with bodyboarding, I'd say there'd be a top five greatest of all times and he's well and truly uh secured in that little zone he is a five father of five just an absolute downright legend and such a good bloke to talk to always super knowledgeable humble and just willing to give his time and he lives up in the northern rivers and continues to pump out some of the best boogs on the on the planet and firmly keeps his feet strapped into bodyboarding i'm talking to none other than Dave Winchester. How you going, my brother? Mate, I'm good, thanks, Lukey. Um, thanks for pumping the tyres up. You know, it's always good to get a little pump every now and then. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, buddy, I think it is, eh, man? I, I know exactly what you mean. When you um, when you get a little pat on the back and you kind of start looking over your accomplishments and realise what you've really done and all the people you've influenced, especially being Dave Winchester, it might be, um, it must be such a nice feeling. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, dude, it's like, like it's it's unbelievable, Winnie. Because you know, I've been thinking about this for a while now, and um, I just wanted to pose it to you straight off the bat because I've been so excited to to have this combo with you. That do you, do you ever sit back? You know, obviously, you newly built house. We'll um we'll touch on that a bit later. You've you've got you know you're a father to five amazing girls. You've you've got your beautiful wife, Amy. Um, everything's just cruising up on the northern rivers for you, like as it should be. And um, you know, do, do you ever look around and and sit down, and just have a beer of an afternoon, and realize you be you would easily be one of the greatest blokes to ever lay down on a forty-two inch piece of foam? <laughs> no, never. I, so, sometimes I forget I even did it. To be honest, um, you just uh, life's so busy and and a lot going on, and then um. Yeah, every every now and then you get the boog frothers out there, and then um you see them like random places, and you get pretty pumped on it. And then um because we're just we're dealing with bodyboards every single day with our business, um you just kind of get used to it, and I don't really kind of think about that mus- about myself like that at all, to be honest. Yeah, that's 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 in obviously I've always <laughs> known you to be super humble, Dave, and and that's one of your best qualities, man. But like really. You need to sit back and have a beer sometimes and go over the photos, <laughs> go over the videos, go over the times. Like, you know, even just mentioning the word tension, man, and obviously that was Chris White's Chris White's production, yep. but you were a main star in it, man, and, like, that, that shaped so many people's lives. Like, you are an idol to, you know, most of the bodyboarding community, man. Like, hats off to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the tension days were super fun, you know. It was just um, back then we just had – no commitments and we're just doing what we loved and working and trying to get enough money to do the next trip and um why well, was just making the videos and 
we were just young and enjoying ourselves a lot. So, yeah, oh, it was man, super, you, super great time of life. Yeah, you you were definitely enjoying yourself. Some of the videos I watch back over and I just <laughs> think so nostalgically to some of my younger years and all the things you'd get up to partying and, and, you know, the wild, raucous kind of situations you'd find yourself in. And I just wanted to ask you, man, like, did you ever think that at any stage in your life you'd be blowing talcum powder out of your anus? <laughs> well, I couldn't really do that. My brother was good at that. That was his talent. Um, but I never <laughs> thought I'd be... I never thought I'd be actually that close to it. <laughs> I thought I'd be a bit further away, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was that filmed, man? That was incredible. That was it, uh, in the Philippines. In uh, around where we went one of the trips uh, to Cloud Nine. Bro, because like obviously the, <laughs> the food was packed with like a fair bit of protein or, or whatever. Because you guys were chugging farts, eh? It was unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it was good times as you do. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath, as you do on a surf trip when you're all you're you're all kind of yeah. covered up inside a little villa and you're just kind of coming in from the days the, the day's end pumping waves and why not? Just let's fucking chaffer powder in our bum and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was never a dull moment, that's for sure. I remember, I remember times you just you wouldn't really want to go to sleep because you just knew something was going to happen. <laughs> So always on the edge of your seat, man. Like, yeah, there were like edge of your seat wave moments. Yeah, 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 and then you were just found wanting at at night time. What was um? What was one of the craziest things? Why do you ever plan for you guys or set set yourselves up for? Like, you know, even if it is in the movie, the movie, sorry, or the series, or if it's in the it's in the outtakes. Like, what was the what was the gnarliest moment? Oh, there was just so many. He just, um, he'd always come up with such funny plans and such good moments. And, um, but I, I really loved the, just the rumor. It was, nothing actually happened. There was just a rumor that, um, he was making good, like good money out of the movies. And he, and he bought this house that had a glass elevator. And, um, mm. it just went round. And the amount of times I got asked, does Chris White have a glass elevator in his house? We're like, yeah. And just like the amount of, that just spread, it just went like wildfire. And um, so it's just that everyone just believed kind of everything he did. And um, yeah, yeah he, was, he was pretty impressive to watch. He did it so effortlessly, to be honest. It was amazing. Yeah, like ev- everything seemed like a real breeze for you fellas. You know, I know you got yourself into some, some definite solid predicaments, and I know. A lot of you guys obviously were just going like, fuck, what, what kind of tour are we on here? But, you know, <laughs> when you like watch over the movies, man, it's, it's insane to see like how, how well choreographed it, it almost is, you know, like Whitey had this vision and he knew he had the, the world-class bodyboarders and pranksters alike around him to get it done. Like, was, was there any stage where you felt like it might have gone too far or was there a situation where you're like, oh, we might be getting some trouble here? No, there's always yeah, there's always sometimes where you you know, even if it's just like getting kicked out of a hotel for um for splashing people at the pool consistently, uh, and things like that, or just silly things like food fights in a restaurant or something like that, where it was kind of pretty hectic, but nothing nothing too crazy, um, to be honest. Um yeah, Whitey was just really, he's so, so clever at kind of everything he did. He just had the mind for it and um, the vision. 
and um, super creative for those times. And um, yeah, it was really, really good, fun times and friends for life um, in that period. It was good. Yeah, I can definitely tell he's very entrepreneurial, and you know a lot of the, a lot of the um, situations you guys found yourself in, obviously were were set up to a certain degree, like knowing that it was going to make for great viewing. Um, and you've obviously had so many amazing body um, bodyboard bodybody moments, sorry, throughout that series and throughout your career, man. Like it's just decorated with some of the some of the greatest shots and videos that we all look back on from time to time. But I don't want to focus so much on the good parts. I want to ask yeah. you, what was the lowest part of your bodyboarding career where you thought, I'm throwing this in and I don't want to do this anymore? Um, yeah, that's a good question. To be honest, I don't know if I had any, like, I reckon the lowest probably was the, uh, like, getting kind of beaten up in Hawaii. That was pretty low for me. It was just kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of, you just feel like is this really where I want to be, um, the people I want to be around. And um, it's like you're there to try and have fun and surf good waves and it was an accident. That kind of got me pretty bummed for a while. Um, but there was no times where I'd like, I'm going to give throw the towel in. I was just kind of enjoying the ride from the start and um, I enjoyed it the whole way through, to be honest. It was, um, you know, there was a lot of good people and then, like, so we started off with detention and the kind of party sides and a lot of free surfing, and then it kind of turned into, like, chasing the tour and stuff like that, and so that was a little bit more serious. But um, I love the competition side of it as well. So, yeah, to be honest, I, I didn't have too many low ones where I was like, I want to throw the towel in, this, is, this sucks. I don't like what I'm doing. I was kind of – I really loved it all, and, and um, I didn't really take it for granted, to be honest. I kind of just lived – lived it to the fullest the whole time dude that's that's mirrored massively back through your surfing and through your um your personality behind the lens or in front of the lens sorry like it's it's incredible because everything you know that that i've seen from you and this is might just me a personal perspective but everything seems to come so easy and everything just seems to to flow for you and i think you know what you're just saying then about not having taking things for granted and not, you know, dwelling on the bad days but always being positive, I think really put you in good stead for the for your whole entire career because you're you you're an infatuating kind of fella, Winnie. Like people want to be around you. Like you draw people in like moths to a flame, you know. So <laughs> that's like one of your biggest, in my personal opinion, one of your biggest attributes. And then that just creates good vibes and good times and and things just escalate off that, you know, like during during the tour, did that ever backfire for you or did you feel like that mantra and the way you kind of ran your life through good vibes and just turning up with a positive attitude and making it happen, did that did, did that work pretty well for you during, during your time on tour? Um, it did. I wasn't winning at the start at all. I wasn't winning any, so maybe not. And then because when we in Australia, the mentality – is for competitions you don't snake you don't be a dog in the water it's kind of you're a bit more it's a bit more gentleman and then so as soon as you go onto the tour you're getting snaked and um because there there's no rules for the for snaking so in european countries brazil south america all all that kind of thing there they're just like it's a sport they're there to win and they'll win no matter what and so i remember um 
uh, me and Amy, I think we, we had Coco. We're at one comp, a world tour comp in Spain. And then I got really, really pissed off at this guy because he snaked me in this heat. And then um, I was like, what a dickhead. Why would he snake me? He just got the wave before, paddled straight around me. And then Amy just said, well, why don't you do it to him before he does it to you? And I'm like, oh, never kind of thought of that. Like, we've always kind of gone a gentleman's way, um, surfing, best surfing will win the heat. And then, um, yeah, so then I started becoming a bit of a dog, to be honest. <laughs> you know? And not, not to my friends as such, but, yeah, I was snaking. Um, I'd tell guys when they try to paddle past me, don't paddle past me, you sit down there. You got the last one, you just sit there. And um, a few guys were kind of taken back, but, um, you know, you just, um, yeah, then then I found myself kind of starting to win a few. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, so that was a time where it was like, yeah, some good advice from Amy and, um, yeah, put the nice guy aside for a second. Dude, hats off to you because, you know, kill or be killed in, in, in that sort of environment. I'm, you know, you know, I work with Sean Cooper. Shout out to Coops, you know, love yeah, it. Yeah, Coops. Yeah. 2002, Aussie Champ. That's it. 2002, Aussie Champ, man. Dude, don't <laughs> you ever forget it. Don't you ever forget it. Um, but, yeah, like we always talk about his time over in South America and the comps he did and obviously hanging out with, with, with you guys when you're doing the world tour and, you know, that was one thing he noted too. He was like, man, it is just a different ball game in the water out there. And obviously it reflects the sort of societal norms that they grew up in and, and how you've got to fight for everything. And I think us Australians have been so blessed to be just have everything on a silver platter, so to speak, you know, and we don't have to fight for waves as yeah. much and we don't have to be those kind of ruthless dudes. But it's really cool to see that you just fought fire with fire, man, and just made it happen. Yeah, we yeah, I guess yeah, in Australia we were um yeah, we just sort of were a bit a lot more cruisy and we didn't treat it like a a com- really competitive sport. It was more a gentleman's kind of thing. Whereas you go over into those comps and um yeah, you're right, if you don't you kind of don't take it into your own hands, you'll just get eaten up. I remember the first ever comp World Tour comp I did, I flew over, I was about 18 and I flew to Huntington Beach and it was when they had the surfing comp with the bodyboarding comp. So all, like Kelly Slater, all the pro surfers are there. And I surfed through about three or four trials heats and then about four or five main event heats. And then I found myself in a man-on-man heat against Tamiga. Whoa. Who was um, in the semi. And to be honest, I was like a paddle boy. I don't even think I got a wave. It was just ridiculous. Like he was just turbo, paddled out. He caught a wave and I was like, sweet, I'll get the next one. And this was before um, priority. So it's just kind of like free for all. And so he'd just sit out. He was so much fitter than me and so much stronger. And he'd go and sit maybe five, ten metres out further than me. And I was like, that's sweet. He can't even catch a wave from there. And then this wave comes in. He's just turbo kick and just on this wave, like pure man strength. And I'm this 18-year-old skinny kid just paddling, trying to get this wave. And I'm like, nah, he got that one. And then the next thing, he'd do it again. And I'd paddle out a little bit further each time, and he just absolutely schooled me. Um, so, yeah, you just um, – that was my first introduction. And then um, <laughs> there was a bit of a rude shock when you meet those big boys. Yeah, I think he just had enough of my run, to be honest. He'd just see me coming through every heat, and he's like, I'm just going to crush this guy. And he did. 
Yeah, and it just shows on the world tour and, and obviously world events and when you're mix, mixing it with international riders that you can have one thing down pat. Like obviously you at that stage in your career you had you know unbridled skill and talent but that doesn't amount for everything when it comes to a competition and how you've got to um, play the statistics, I guess, like play the tactical game. Totally. Yeah. Mm, wild, man. Have you ever had any other moments on the World Tour or, or competing that you've kind of gone, oh, this guy's playing the game here, you know, I've, I've, I've really got to step it up? Like from that moment onwards, obviously you, you learn a lesson. Did you have to apply those those lessons further on down the line, like heavily? Yeah, you def- I mean, yeah, you start to realise when you've been on there for a few years what all the guys were doing. So, obviously, Tammy Garagani always had this, like, big, strong kind of breathing. He'd go, <laughs> when he's paddling back out to try and either intimidate you or whatever. But um, if you got a good one and you start paddling back out and you do that to him, you definitely know that, like, you start doing it back to him, hit the mind games up a go. Yeah, wow. So it's full-on mind games. It's full-on, like, throw all the gentlemen rules out out of the cot. It's like, let's just get in each other's heads and then win it physically on the um, on the wave itself. Yeah, totally. It definitely was like that, especially when you go against those guys had been doing it for so long and, um, and they grew up. That's how they did it. So, yeah, you have to be pretty ruthless. Yeah, that's sick, man, because obviously, you know, I, I know you as just a – carefree, cruisy, cruisy fella that, like, you know, wouldn't hurt a fly. But when you hear about these sort of moments, it's obviously, you know, that's why you made it so far in, in bodyboarding, like you adapted and, and made those calls. But that's a really hard thing for me personally to even understand because I'm much the same mm. um, when, it, when, when it comes to, like, free surfing. Like, I've never been good at comps and I'll never, ever be good at comps because I can't apply the – um, ferocious attitude when it, when it comes to just knuckling down in competition and and realizing your competitor is not your friend anymore. They're actually a foe, and you, you need to yeah. you need to take take all their limbs off before the end of the heat, kind of thing. And totally. So wild, man. You know, and obviously thinking about tour and and um, the tour, like the world tour, and thinking about your career and and all the you know the last couple of decades of your bodyboarding. I've, I really wanted to know, and I've, I wondered this from a kid, man. How did you get the nickname Fever? <laughs> to be honest, um, oh, I can't even remember this one. I had so many nicknames growing up. Um, I can't remember if it was just because I was sick or something. I had a fever or because I had orange hair and it was feverish. I can't really actually <laughs> remember. But, um, yeah, there was just so many. And, and I mean... Yeah, back then nicknames were huge, and I used to we like we we called my brother his name's Chris, and then for a, he didn't have a nickname, so then we were like, well, what's his middle name's William, so we started calling him Bill, and um, that stuck. Heaps of people call him Bill, and then well, another, you know I know him as Bill Winchester. Like I yeah, remember there you go at Riptides, and I remember seeing your brother as Bill, and I remember. Um, <laughs> I think something came out. We were, were you guys living at the Northern Beaches together? Yeah, yeah. Was, was, yep. Yeah, and I swear to God that you know the back section of the old Riptides and they had all the state news and all that kind of jazz? Yep. Yeah, that was when I saw your brother's name in there and, and then obviously in like the tensions and everything. But yeah, that's so crazy because I literally thought his name was Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So nicknames back then they just kind of flowed. We had another mate we went to school with 
And he was like, I don't have a nickname. And we're like, what's your middle name? And he's like, James. And we're like, you now it's Jimmy then. And um, yeah. even his mum calls him Jimmy now. Oh, <laughs> man. Australians are good at it, eh? I know. So, yeah, I don't know where the fever came from. But um, it hung around for a while. Oh, man, it should, it should definitely make um, a renaissance. Like, that's unbelievable, eh? Like, I, I love it. Whenever we hear the fever, like, obviously we've just been through COVID and or the pandemic and whatever, so it might be a touchy subject, but that's yeah. a fucking thing that should stick. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one, man. Um, dude, obviously, you know, you spent a lot of time over in WA and that's where your kind of career kicked off when you were – a lot younger, um, and that's where you obviously met Chris and 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 sorted out tension and not sorted out tension, but obviously started filming for tension and you know your writing improved dramatically whilst you um, you spent your time over west, obviously with the heavy slabs and all the different all the different swells you guys get and just challenging yourself in different ways and the East Coast had to offer. At that time, I've heard a whisper that you had um, some staff travel. Do you, could you disclose um, any of those benefits that you received back then? Oh, yeah. No, it was ridiculous. My dad worked for Qantas, so you know, I used to fly kind of everywhere on the staff travel, and it was so cheap back then. It was the only reason I could even do that world tour contest when I was like 18. I think uh, – I can't remember off the top of my head, though. We were going to sort of even a few years later to London and stuff for like on business class 300 bucks return. And, um, yeah, because there's so many flights going. And then um, so those kind of early days, I used to be able to jump on those and just fly to WA for like 70 bucks, just like like return. And it was just stupid, like how cheap it was. And so that kind of, that definitely, because my first sort of couple of sponsorships, you know, you're kind of getting paid like three grand a year at the time um, of sponsorships. And um, and then you have to work. We're working on the vineyards, but I could still afford to go. I just if I if I just had three hundred, four hundred bucks, I could fly back to the east coast for a swell. Um, you know, because it was enough to get back there. And if you missed, if you didn't get on the flight, you just kind of got bumped to another one or or reimbursed and stuff like that. So the flexibility and and ha- the price just made all that um, sort of possible. Yeah, wow, man. What a what a time to be alive. Like, obviously, now <laughs> yeah. prices of flights going through the roof. And, you know, oh. I only came back from the Goldie the other day, and it was like, man, I swear to God, it was like 350 400 bucks return, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I know everything's gone up with inflation and the world wars going on, and, you know, there's all so many different things to consider. But, man, that's, that's the gravy train back then, like 70 bucks just to, like, right across the other side of the country. Like, you must have been cheering. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, I remember one, we were going to, um, I think we went to South America. Maybe we are going to the Chili Comp. Uh, and uh, and we rocked up, or it was to London or something. We are going to Europe. Anyway, a long-haul flight, and um, we rocked up, and they were like, how's the flight? And I was just like, I was talking to Sam Bennett, and they, I was just like, I was just, flat like laying flat on my stomach and he's like no you won't and i'm like yeah and he's like are you kidding that's what it's like up there and i was like yeah they go fully flat he's like what did you eat and i was like had a steak and mashed potato and all this and he's like what like he just like (laughs) you know it is 
it's not just like twice as good. It's probably like 10 times as good business class to the thing. And I got to do that a lot until then. Yeah. Then you sort of, um, then later on when we had to be there for comps on the, those certain days and I didn't have the flexibility with, I think we had one or two kids and then the flexibility of the time started to run out. So I had to pay kind of full fare for a lot of them because I was sort of flying, flying out. And that's sort of how, that's, that's another nickname, the hummingbird. That's how I got the nickname Hummingbird. Because you were just in and out of airports every second week. Just and, and like for the comps, in like the night before and out the day it finishes, just in and out, bang, bang. <laughs> just get out of there. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck, with a beautiful family at home, man, I don't blame you, you know. Get the job yeah, done. Yeah. I remember actually you coming down for the Jeff Wilcox Memorial Comp, bro, and this is when I, me, um, my <laughs> wife, Lottie, Kelly, and Moot were staying in a little place in Foster, and I remember you came and crashed with us. And, dude, yeah. I, I will re- for forever remember this statement from you of, like, we're just having a chat and we're chatting about the comp, you, me, and Moody, and then, and then I think I asked you, or maybe Moot asked you, like, oh, how do you reckon you can go? And you're just like, oh. I'm pretty keen to take it out, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> oh yeah, fuck yeah, sweet. Like obviously, yeah, he's he's definitely good enough. Like I mean, it's just a local kind of East Coast kind, but hundred percent. But it, I could tell the way you had set up your trip and the way you had um, orchestrated this whole setup, man. That you were like, I'm driving down or I'm flying down. I'm locking this in. I'm going to win this prize money. <laughs> I'm going to come home, and there's my like profit and loss balance sheet you know what i mean it was unbelievable Winnie. and i just knew from there and then i was like he's done that many comps he's performed at the highest level so many times like he knows he knows what to do it's just like just putting putting those those actions in motion you know and it was just it was a it was a mind fuck for me man it was a full mind fuck because every time i've gone into a comp i'm like happy to get through to the next round and there's no real plan on winning it's more so just you know, making milestones yep. to myself. And then when I heard that, I was like, this is a professional talking. This is a serious professional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was when it was game on. And, um, yeah, I guess like I'd know before a comp if I was going to win. You just knew. You know, your board felt good. You're in good space um, mentally and physically. And um, you just knew that the forecast was going to suit your riding. You just, yeah, well, me saying that, my confidence was at an all-time high, it sounds like. So, um, but even nowadays, like, it, it, confidence is a huge thing. So, I mean, I play soccer now, and I know that when the confidence is up, I'm definitely playing way better. And when it's down, you sort of, you notice, and the results aren't as good. So, I think... What? um you go. Sorry, I was I was just gonna um, ask you, man. Wh- what position do you play? Oh, I play striker. Oh, so that is a big confidence game, eh? It's a huge confidence game. <laughs> when you're on, you're on. When you're off, you're off. And I think, yeah, like that's what kind of bodyboarding got to. You kind of feel like, yeah, your levels at that, once it's at that kind of level where you're confident in how you're surfing and everything, and you and all your boards feel really good, really comfortable. And then, um, yeah, it's just at, like executing it. You're just like heat by heat. I just need two good waves, heat by heat. And then, um, yeah, it's how, yeah. yeah, I was confident in going into that one. One, actually, one contest I wasn't confident in that was the last one, in, one of the last ones that I did in Kiama. Then the waves were tiny 
and um, yeah, but you won that small, comp, didn't you? Usually, I don't. Yeah, so that was one contest that I went into with no confidence, thinking I could have a chance. That was one of those ones where you kind of just sort of fluking your way through. It felt like, and then you win. But I feel like you don't get a huge amount of those. You know, they're pretty true, rare. Those true, ones. True, true, true. But I was working on that comp, man, and I could tell from the get-go that you maybe this was just an outsider talking, but you had a very good chance of winning because. I think you were much like Jake and Mitch, um, and I noted that heaps in the, the first and second rounds, that they they upped their size in boards. Did, did you go up an inch mm. or so because of the, the small waves? No, I had that. That was kind of – I had a 42-inch, um, which was at the time a little bit maybe just like a quarter of an inch bigger than I was riding. But it was a, it was a quad channel, and so – they just offer they offer a lot more speed, um, maybe a touch slower on spins. But my plan was because it was small, don't do any spins. Um, my plan was in that contest. I knew I had a fast downline board, um, and then the waves were small, so I was like, as long as I'm on the two biggest waves of each heat, then I'm sure I can do three good rolls. And um, and if I get those two best waves of each heat, then I can probably go far. And so that's what I did. I think one of the heats I caught, maybe the semi, I caught two waves in the whole semi. I just sat there and waited like patiently and then they came. But, um, yeah, it's just those quad channels are super fast down the line. So, yeah, I stuck to that game plan and that one, yeah, that one luckily worked. But, yeah, the confidence levels were pretty were pretty low going into it. Have you um have have you felt you know with your obviously with NMD and Verse you guys do so much work with your boards and and do so much um research in regards to different templates and features and all that jazz you know speaking about the quad channel then that served you so well in the 2019 Kyma Pro is that your go to now like do you always ride quad Yeah I've been riding for a for a long time now like quite a few years um I recently, they're just they're super fast down the line. So you kind of, when you go back, I kind of, I've ridden, I started riding a Versa for a bit. I had a few good sessions on that, a 43-inch, bit thicker, and that felt pretty good. And then I've recently got a new Pro Ride, which I've really been enjoying too. It's pretty flexy. But, um, yeah, and then we're, I haven't ridden a mini quad, but that's kind of like a smaller version of the quad that we just bought out. And I gave one to Winston the other day and he wrote me a text yesterday and he just said, oh, my gosh, this board is incredible. Best hull I've ever ridden. And he's like, he's ridden the quad and pro rides and all our other ones. And he just goes, it is so fast, so responsive. The spin feels like you can whip them. He's like, he goes, just incredible. So I was just, yeah, super stoked to hear that. And that's what kind of gets me excited about doing making new boards and working with Mez on that stuff because it's just it, it got stagnant there for a long time bodyboards it was like you just have your, your pp stringer crescent tail and that was it and now like we do wire flies and like benny p he actually the first wire fly we had he didn't even like it he it was one of mine and he was like i don't like it they're shocking. And then the second time he wrote it, he's like, oh, my God, this thing's incredible. And now he doesn't write anything but the Wi-Fi. So I think it's just cool Mini, that you can – yeah. 
sorry to like interrupt you there just on the the, the wi-fi because yeah. i really want to hear more about it man because coops is under the same impression like he he loves it what makes the wi-fi so good with the quad channels i think it's um it just gives lift it kind of, it's yes that's what the way i can explain it kind of gives lift it locks in it's not as loose as say a bat tail but um gives a bit of lift and super fast down the line but still remove like you can still move it pretty easy it's just um i don't know and that's what that's what's cool about it like you see so much in surfboard design and so many different things going on and bodyboarding we just stuck to like your standard board and now we've just got all these we've got all this technology to try and so mez tries it whips them up has the ideas and we try and see if it works and um yeah it's super fun though to be trying different boards in um, different conditions. Buddy, did you use that quad channel setup and the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi setup, sorry, not Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi setup um, down yeah. on the recent um, Nugget trip you guys did in late 2021? I remember you and Benny P and um, Josh DeBone, all that went down for a good week in a Bali. Were you using that session then, uh, that setup then? Yeah. No, I had the quad channel that set up. I had a good, um, a really good worn-in quad, so I was sort of like um, had a new core in it that we're testing, um, and so it was pretty worn in. I just wanted to give that a real good crack, and it felt comfortable. And because we had the guys, you know, I just wanted to ride something I was comfortable with, and um, yeah, it's good though. It worked well. Yeah, buddy, the shots look amazing, man, and. A little birdie, i.e. Josh DeBone told me that you were just on the tear all trip, brother. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure I couldn't, I couldn't walk for like two, three days after. But up here, <laughs> up here on the north coast, you know, like down there at Nuggan and stuff like that, you know, you, you can go left, right, and there's so many waves and you can pinball. But up here, you don't get so many waves with consistent ramps like that. And so to think all the landings, I was just buckled, hey. Two two or three days of that straight, I was like really feeling my age. Oh, dude, I saw a couple of air reverses and I was just like, that was going to be a landing that was going to be right in the V and where all the power is exploding <laughs> on that reef. I know. Yeah, probably mistiming him a little bit. <laughs> oh, fuck off, mate. Mistiming him. You're going like about 10 stories in the air, Dave Winchester. Don't be talking that down. Oh, talking yeah, about uh, nugging me, bro, and talking about all the good times yeah. you've had there, could you elaborate on your first ever session at Nugging? Because I heard it was a bit of a doozy. Oh, is this the one with Idris and Coops? This yes, is the, is the one, one with Idris and Coops. Coops has definitely given me the insight on, um, yeah. on how you turned up that day. I was, I'm pretty sure I hadn't slept. Um, we'd just been out to a party all night and then um, we went down and hadn't slept and it was just cooking. We just surfed for hours. Just, I mean, I, I can't remember. I surfed for a while. Back then, oh, you could do that stuff and you're fine, you know, fine for a session or so. And then um, these days, yeah, there's no chance you could not sleep before a big session. So true, so true. I think I'd be... You know, eyeballs falling out of my head, especially getting up in the middle of the night, tending to Lenny or any sort of, you know, you know, family issues going around and then mix alcohol and a big bender in and trying to go down the coast for three <laughs> hours and get waves, man. Like, I don't know how your body cop that. Oh, no, not do I. <laughs> so what was the session like, man? Like, you know, like 
Coops is 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 claiming you did one of the biggest um, innies off a off a left he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there was. I remember it was pumping, and I hadn't because I hadn't surfed a wave like that that good for with ramps. And I just remember just going, going for it. I just remember getting yeah, quite a few good lefts. I was riding like a black custom X with a bat tail back then, um, and um, I think we had I think we had someone filming. I can't remember. Maybe Brando or someone was filming Matt Brando, but um, yeah, yeah Brando was, was filming because he said he, he got one of all Coops relayed that he reckons he got one of the best clips here. That 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 um that invert on the left we were speaking about. He was he was frothing. Yeah, I have to dig it out. <laughs> yeah, get that back on the gram. Relive that. Oh no, yeah, yeah. You, you think you probably think it's a lot bigger than than it was, maybe. Oh man, I think any air that <laughs> nugget, like not off the back, but into the yeah. V, I think it deserves it sure? its, its due, due credit, man. Because we all know that that yeah. landing or trying to ride out of them is almost a suicide mission. Yeah, it's a special reef, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. Oh man, every time I look on the top of Google Google Maps and I see the way it sticks out, it's just like this volcanic nipple that's just been, yeah. you know, just weathered away over such a period of time and now it's like the tip of a pencil and the way swells wrap in and obviously, you know, every degree counts and, and, it, and it changes yeah. from swell to swell. But, man, what other fucking wave in the world does that? Like, does that? I know. The closest, it's, it's strange to say this, but I find, like, a bit of similar similarity with um, front on the way that wave is, um, yeah, look, the way the wave's kind of shaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't surfed it, but we've had a couple of people in the potty that have explained it to me recently. And Tony Cardoso and like Marley Dunn, they were like absolutely hmm. frothing over it. You can tell the way those lines come in. You don't know if it's a left or right sometimes, but you can yeah. see it's coming to the pinnacle and it's like going to explode either way, I guess. Yeah, fronton's obviously a lot heavier um, sort of wave than that, but it's a, yeah, just the way they can sometimes come in. It's yeah, pretty similar. Have you had any moments at fronton where you thought, oh, this this might be Dave Winchester's moment to bow out? <laughs> I, I we went there pre kids. Me and Amy were there, and we're staying with um, the the distributor. Of, um, I was riding for NMD at the time and was staying with him and uh, Pierre was there. Pierre was super young um, and we rock and they're like, Fronton's going to be on the Salvo. And I was like, oh, really? And then um, they're like, yeah. And then they're like, the wind's bad now, but it's going to get good. And I was just thinking, oh, so it's going to be junky. Anyway, we rock up and um, it is junky as like, they're like, oh, it's cleaned up. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? This is so windy. It's not even clean. <laughs> anyway, we go down to the rocks, and basically all the local, all the lo- all the local guys at the time, um, they're all sitting there, just kind of staring at, looking at me, and I'm like sitting there looking at them. Going, are they going out, or like who's going out first? And I was <laughs> like, well, you guys live here. You surf this all the time. You said it's going to be good. Anyway, they just kept looking at me, and the wind did start to clean up. Anyway, we, we go out, and it, it, was, it wasn't huge at the start, and then it got pretty big at the end. It was definitely like some kind of eight to ten footers sort of thing. And then um, I think I didn't make one, 
And then I just remember getting washed right up in the rocks and I just look up and Amy's just standing there and she was just looking over just like white-faced, like you're on the rocks on that ledge about like with a set coming, like what are you going to do? And you just kind of like have to go with it and just, you know, you get sucked over that ledge into that little channel, just like bobbled down the rocks into the channel. But, um, yeah, I just remember looking up and seeing her face just like, what are you doing? Like, this is hectic. <laughs> yeah, like, why are you putting me through this moment? Because I'm standing here watching you and I'm helpless to do anything about it. <laughs> totally. But, um, yeah, it's a sick wave, though. Love it. Such a great place. Dude, obviously, like, you and Amy have, have travelled a fair bit together and, and, and raised five beautiful daughters, and I've touched on that before, and you guys have built a beautiful place up there on the Northern Rivers and um, used some eco-friendly material, which which is unbelievable too I'll, I'll get to that later about your west facing hemp wall which i'm super impressed with yeah yeah but um dude like when i found out and i remember seeing it maybe in a movement mag that you guys had moved over to france for a while and to um obviously further your bodyboarding career but to then also take a nice like romantic kind of semi-holiday, semi-life experience with with Amy. I, I just wanted to know what was that time like in your life, man, because that just sounded dreamy. Oh, it was. It was, um, it was such a great move. It was a bottle of wine one night and um, we said, let's go. It was kind of working out the tour and for that year and um, working it out how much we're going to spend going from Australia. And then I was like, you know what? I reckon we just spend the same amount if we just based ourselves there. And then Amy was like, let's go. And um, we had uh, Coco who was about four and Autumn who was two at the time. And we just basically jumped on and booked tickets to go. And um, that was it. We just went. We went about three weeks later, packed the house up, put everything in storage and just went. And it was – yeah, it was a decade ago now, 10 years ago, and um, which is just bizarre because, um, yeah, it was such a great time in our lives. It was just, yeah, just the culture and just the experience of being able to travel um, through Europe together and um, and then I just had to kind of jump on flights and do other contests when we were there and Amy just was there by herself with two kids um, driving on the wrong side of the road, just dominating, just just living it was pretty pretty special time that's super special especially for for your kids and for amy and and just for the whole family to be relocated over there like that's a that's a big move man like not many people in their lifetime can say they've they've uprooted everything and taken their family over to a pretty foreign place in the world like i know um you know we 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 enjoy a bit of fair bit of french cuisine and and um english is i guess their second language to to a degree, but did did you find when you were over there like it was a big culture shock, like it was a big change to get used to? Uh, it, it would be more so now for sure if we did it. Uh, I guess because we're travelling a lot um, back then, it kind of wasn't as huge. It's definitely, um, yeah, it'd be more, more of a change now, but it was just incredible. Like we just embraced it, loved it, tried to speak French as much as possible, just kind of bullshit your way through it. <laughs> And um, that was my <laughs> style, anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be the but same. then, 
Yeah, Amy had a, a bit of an ear for it because her, her mum's French and her dad's Mauritian, so she's heard it a lot her life. Um, couldn't speak it fluently, but she was definitely uh, picking up way quicker than I was. Oh, lovely, man. And where did you guys locate yourself in France? Uh, we're in Cabreton, which is just around Hossega. So, um, yeah. yeah, we just had – and it was just like – uh, one of those things everyone always says you always have a lot of a lot of luck like Stoney and those guys always used to call me golden balls because it just the, the luck would come my way but um we had an incredible season at Hosiga that year it was just like every single time I came back from a tour comp I was there for three weeks or so it was just pumping every day it was just ridiculous and it just yeah it was so much fun Oh, dude, like I, I wouldn't, you know, from the first comment about Stoney and the fellas calling you golden balls, I couldn't agree more <laughs> because I think it's like the attitude and the good vibes you put out there. It's like what you're getting back, man. It's like if you throw a negative stone into the pond, you're going to get negative waves that are going to reverberate back towards you. And if you're going to throw a positive vibe out there, they're going to they're going to come back in spades. And I remember only so well, um, you know, like it was yesterday, man, watching you punt that Fucked up air reverse on that right <laughs> at Le Gravier. Like, is, is that one of the biggest airs you, you've ever done? And just for the listeners at home, you need to yeah. go and search this out. Where can they find it, Winnie? Um, it was on. I did a French clip. It was on that. So I think it was called, it was called a year in France. Um, I think there's a few shots of it on the gram and stuff. Um, yeah, but Bro, yeah, no, it was twenty foot in the air. Yeah, yeah, it was probably one of the biggest ones I did for sure. Huge, um, yeah. That we'd been out there for ages that day, and then um, yeah, I just remember seeing that wave. I can, I can still remember it to this day. This thing that like the wave, even the wave shaping up, and I was just like, "This thing's turbo ramp." And um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. As yeah, it was full. It was one of those days at Hosiga where it's just like a a week. I'm pretty sure it was like a weekend hot summer and just like the beach is packed but then the waves are like six to eight foot and just pumping it's just and like so imagine like bondi beach is fully packed but pumping waves in front of it Dude, it's it's so it's so european I, me and lozzy spent probably three to four weeks over there in a van and this was only in springtime so it hadn't hit peak summer yet but we got a couple of hot days and um i was just loving the scenery on the beach you know you'd walk past and there'd be There'd be families huddled underneath, like you know, a, a real colourful striped um, umbrella. There'd be, you know, um, bare-breasted, <laughs> bare-breasted women on the, on the beach, just like flaunting it. There'd be, you know, older dudes in their scungies. There'd just be like, oh, what are those games they play in in, in Europe um, on the beach? It's like the paddle boards, you know, where they go oh, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, the paddle boards. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be playing that, man. Like me and Loz were just soaking all up, just loving it. And and I can oh, only imagine, sick. yeah, what you were experiencing during your your time living there. Like we we could have easily lived in um in Cabreton or Ho- or Hosagor. Like it was just such yeah. a beautiful place. The way the like lake and the river kind of backs onto the the beach, and there's those strips, and then there's this. You know, really nice places to eat, but then in the middle of the day, it's pretty like low key and just kind of, you know, like a real surf, surf town vibe. You know, like it was, it was something I'd, sure. I'd, I'd never experienced, and it was full European surf town vibe. That's why I think I, I enjoyed it so much. 
Yeah, yeah, it's such a great spot. I definitely would love to go back, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, bloody oath. Uh, like, in, you would just go back in a heartbeat, I reckon. Like, it would be located sure. there for the... Would you, do, would you do the summer or would you do for the the, the winter? I'd prefer the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the winter would yeah. get pretty cold, I reckon. So for sure, yeah, get pretty freezing. Yeah, and how many um how many delicious bottles of wine we smashing a week, man? Like we're, we're, oh. we're going pretty crazy there for a bit. The red wine's too good to say no. <laughs> oh, just everything's good there. Yeah, because they, they had such good uh, fresh produce there too, and all the cheeses. I just eat that much cheese. It was just like that's yeah. I'd go back for that. The cheese and the wine, and just yeah, some great people there too. We met some like really um. Some really great friends, um, Gontra, who owns OGM, the bodyboard shop there. Absolute legend. Yep. He kind of just took us under his wing and just hilarious. Like just such, so different to living in Australia where there's not as much culture sort of, you know, it's a bit more bland, I'd say. But um, Oh, for sure. Yeah, one, one lunch, we're just having lunch and they're just have, we've had heaps of drinks and it's just lunchtime and he shut the shop. He's got a new order of like NMD boards there, <laughs> and he's just like the restaurant owner brings out the liqueur after 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 lunch, and he's like, "Here, have a few." So we have a few more, and and he's like, "Oh, I better go." My friend just called. There's a line of twenty people out there wanting to buy boards. I think I better get back to the shop, and it's like two o'clock in the Arvo. <laughs> Whereas yeah. um, that wouldn't Wild. happen here. Yeah, it's just wild. Nah, so different, no way. but um, yeah, it's such a such a great lifestyle. Do you reckon that was one of the the greatest family holidays you've ever been on? Yeah, it was because it went for nearly a year. You know, so it was um, I was pre- I was very focused on the tour, so like the comps and stuff like that. But I was just surfing a lot, and we we had a lot of time. When we, when we were there, we had a lot of time, kind of downtime as well together. So because we we're in a new place and we only had a few friends, so it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was, yeah, really great time for us all. Yeah, man, that's so nice to hear. You know, it's so nice to hear that you had such a good experience overseas and you could, you know, mix your bodyboarding career in with um with family time and and make it all happen because you know that definitely doesn't always happen. I know a lot of people, a lot of athletes that have had to make a huge sacrifices, which, you know, I'm sure you have made over your time, but, you know, to just to see that you did get that, did get that time in, it's fucking special, man. Like it really is super special. You, you should look back on that time with real fond memories because from an outsider perspective, it was just, it was wild. Dave Winchester relocates in France and gets, pumping beach tracks and goes about 20 foot in the air whilst drinking wine and eating baguettes with his family like happy day yeah for sure no it was good times so some of my sponsors didn't think it was a good idea at the time but um but that yeah it ended up working out well and sold more boards that year than ever really yeah yeah wow see that's that's Proofs in the pudding there. People got to eat their words. That's, you know, yeah. Australian talent relocating and just making it happen. And so rightly so, man. Like France is super central to the rest of the um, rest of the European legs there and you could get around super yeah. easy. You know? 
and I think I think at the time though it was just like I just wanted to live and do do something different and we just went on a whim and back then it was sort of like Australian bodybuilding was like the hardcore kind of thing so it was like yeah pretty still felt that then like the internet was just kind of like really booming booming you know wasn't as central as it feels now like you know Europe feels pretty close right now still because you connected to everyone within a second yeah but um, back then then seemed a little bit more distant yeah sick that would have felt amazing though because you're up in a foreign land just making shit happen and making it your own that would have been amazing yeah no it was great stoked man stoked to hear i um i was i was you know i've spoken before about in the potty and, and obviously in the introduction your beautiful new house up in the northern northern rivers man and um i just wanted to talk more about how the west facing hemp wall's going like how the oh, how the hell yeah. did that come into the plans and how is that going uh, basically, yeah, like the building industry is shocking for like wastage, kind of all um, chemicals, everything like that's pretty bad, um, obviously. And then uh, we're kind of looking at alternatives and um, one of the, the friends is an architect and he does a bit and we, so we kind of looked into it. And so basically it gets so hot around here and we've got a big west wall that, um, that cops the sun and so we we got a crew of about 15 of us. It's kind of like rammed earth. So basically they get lime, render, and hemp and water, put it in like a concrete uh, mixer, and they mix it all together, and then you pack it down. You form it all up, and then you pack it down. Then you put the next thing up, and you pack it all down. So you bucket the hemp in, and then pack it down with bits of timber. And we had 15 of us on the day. And we did the whole wall together, and then we and then rendered it both sides. And it just basically the the cooling and the heating is incredible. It's just because um, it's three hundred mil thick, so it's a pretty thick wall. And um, yeah, so basically, yeah, we wanted to do something a little bit different, and um, and um, yeah, it's great. It's a great feature wall, and yeah, it's it's um, it's obviously a bit better for the environment, but the heating and cooling is yeah amazing. Is is that something you guys focus on massively as a family, like trying to do more sustainable practices and, and make sure you're leaving as, as little as imprint on the planet as possible? Oh, totally. I mean, it's on. It's always on your mind. Um, there's a lot going on in the world. And so, yeah, if you can make a kind of smaller one and, and um, just less plastics and stuff like that and we eat super kind of wholesome food, um, just go to the farmers markets and stuff like that. It's just yeah, there's a lot of us. Um, we wanted to have a big family, so we kind of feel like if we um bring up five girls who can who care about the empire, environment, we could be good people. Then it's um it's definitely um makes for a better future for those guys too. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You're doing all society a credit. Do you ever look back on um? Do you ever look back on some of the decisions you've made with your family, and you know all the um, all the all the different options out there in regards to schooling and in regards to um, you know even like self education and and all that kind of jazz? Do you ever look back on those decisions and wish to change anything, or are you super happy with with how it's all turned out? No, we're super happy. I mean, with schools and stuff, it can always be hard. I mean, I didn't enjoy school that much when I was there. I just wanted to go surf. And so that's um, 
the last few years, like that's what I did. I just surfed. Uh, but um, the kids seem like they they're enjoying their school, so which is great. And um, as long as they're happy, then um, and learning, I think you kind of and you feel like they're gonna become good people when they finish school. Then um, that's all you can ask for, really. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. I think you and Amy are doing an amazing job, man. Like you know, see some interpose from time to time, and and obviously Amy's a bit more active on Instagram than you are, which is, you know, props out to you. I, I was looking back over your profile the other day, and like you haven't you posted like once, once every six <laughs> months for the last couple of years, which is all time because it shows you're just putting all your energy into your family and and you know your life with Amy, and then work and and just you know, the things that actually mean something to you instead of just shit house fucking Instagram like <laughs> yeah. poisoning poisoning the world anyway. But um Yeah dude, I, 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 was, I had a super big I had a super big year the kind of last last year when we built I painted the house inside and out by myself. Um so um that was kind of I guess stem the start of that. I just didn't have time and then kind of didn't really jump back on there as much. But um, Dude, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll keep spark it that way. back up again. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Keep it that way, Winnie. I think like less is more when it comes to Insta. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I can be, yeah. a, I can be a fiend sometimes, man. You get caught up doing this and doing that, <laughs> and the da da da, and you realize that really at the end of the day, it's just a. Sometimes it's a fucking dick measuring competition, man, and it can be yeah, super yeah. Un- unhealthy for everyone. So, you know, that's yeah. my. My point by raising that is like fucking hats off to you because it's it's a healthy way to live your life and I think um as a as a as a society and you know as a generation moving forward with technology like I don't think we realize uh, what it's kind of doing to us on the outside you know totally yeah it's fucking gnarly time time to put your phones down time to put your screen time away. You know, just make sure you shove that in the fucking um, pocket of your dresser and don't look at it till the morning. Listeners, all right? Uh, right yep. Get outside. <laughs> just go surf. Yeah. I, um, my my brother lives up in Austinville, man, only, you know, a wee bit away from you. And I was only talking yep. to him last week and I just wanted to just to clarify with you because I thought it was – thought it was epic but I, I i thought it was strange as but it, it obviously makes sense i just thought it was strange that and i was wondering if you guys were doing it around your way do you guys not cut the grass if it's got clover on it until the bees um pollinated <laughs> it's so funny you say this i don't know but maybe i blew it why because that spreads it does it Supposedly, like <laughs> I think, I think if there's clover okay, there, so, that the bees are frothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the front uh, nature strip's got it all over, and I've got a real nice uh, buffalo at the front. I don't want it to cross the the thing, and I I cut it the other day, but maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know. <laughs> I think I might get your brother around. He can sort it. <laughs> yeah, fuck, he's man. They're fucking. They're they're like ears to the ears to the ground with this shit. You know, they are. They they're, they're well into it. I just thought, like it again. I know we're losing bees by like the fistful, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not um it's not a bad technique to employ. But I just thought it was strange. And in Sydney here, man, we would never ever think about it. You know, like it's just like fuck the bees. What are you talking about? We're doing our own shit. We want our yeah. grass cut. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, living up here, you get a lot of. 
kind of characters. You get some sort of extremos on on all levels. So you kind of just sort of it's got to take take the bits that you you think like that resonate with you and let the other parts go. But um, the one thing is about living around here. Everyone's really friendly. Everyone's got a little bit more time to chat and kind of cruise and. We're just yeah, pretty fortunate to live in a pretty cool street with a bunch of kids that they just play play outside, and majority of the time, bit bit more of an old school upbringing, I guess. Yeah, fuck, that's amazing. Sounds like my mum, like obviously in Sydney, it's hard to get that these days. But my mum and dad grew up in Condal Park, and that was with the days of like super wide streets. Everyone had stables and horses down in their backyard, and they would always play street cricket or tip or you know. Whatever, and they'd have a car come up their street every twenty minutes, you know. So I've, I think that's that's key, and I think that's fucking golden. I think you should definitely hold that, hold on to that for, forever. Like my brother and his family are loving it up there, and I, you know, often think of myself to relocating up there if it wasn't for the island or for Cape or anything like that. Like it's just a, <laughs> a crazy place. Yeah, yeah, no, you definitely get better waves than I do. That's for sure. Heavy up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it kind of puts in its perspective if you want to get them on a surfboard or a boog or like whatever. But yeah, I guess yeah. probably more race down down Sydney way. But you got to put up with a lot more shit, bro. A lot more shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oi, well, um, just to round it out, man. I usually ask uh, um, our uh, guests on the potty just five questions or so about boog yep. related topics. Are you willing to take part? Yeah, sweet. From yeah, bro. Well. Um, the first ones, fuck, I should almost add, um, uh, what was the, na- what was the name of the towel you were talking about before? I always talk about no, the Wi Fi. Yeah, Wi Fi. I should almost add this in, but Crescent, Bat Tail, or Wi Fi? <laughs> um, I see, this is a thing. I like this is what's cool and it's like it's kind of hard to answer i mean i'm gonna say crescent because i'll I'll ride that the most but um but the thing is a lot of people because you wouldn't have tried uh wi-fi before would you no i have not and then you would have probably wouldn't have ridden a bat tail lately not lately eh? like i definitely rode it a fair bit when i was younger i had kingy's um rio pipo pro model and loved it but yeah yeah probably been crescent since like 2011 yeah so yeah so this is what i mean you kind of stick to it and i've written i kind of write a bit more different sizes shapes and everything like that now um to mix it up and trial and error and that kind of thing but um we actually came up with an idea we booked urban surf for february um we only did it yesterday actually and um we're gonna sell a few tickets and everyone can come and try um, like a board test kind of demo day and um, try wire flies, try bat tails, try quads, try mini quads um, and stuff like that, all these boards that the technology that we put out there but not necessarily everyone gets to try. So I reckon that will be a um, pretty fun day for that. Oh, man, just tell me your bank account details, put a ticket aside. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm there, eh? I know. I reckon it'd be pretty fun. Um, we got yeah, Mezzo. I spoke to Mezzo, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll come." And and I was like, "Can you make a few boards that?" Because I got this other crazy tail that hasn't. I've ridden it a few times. I've given it to a few mates. Um, doesn't even have a name, but I kind of rated it. And um, so I'm like, "Can you make a couple of those? Can you make a couple of these other ones?" 
just give everyone a try and just um, get stoked on on something um, different, new technology that that works. Obviously, you don't you're not going to bring a board out that doesn't work. So it's just cool to um, open kind of new doors on that stuff. Yeah, bloody oath, man. Would you ever consider calling it the fever tale? The what? The fever. <laughs> The fever tail. I reckon that's got a nice ring to the it. Fever tail. Oh, totally. Yeah, I reckon we have to <laughs> <laughs> lock it just, in. Lock it in. Um, just got second question, my bro. Fuck! I just lost you for that last bit. You just broke up, Winnie. What'd you say, man? Winnie, you you there, my bro? No. Yo, yo. Winnie, you there? Every year began the movement. Damien King, what up, King? Winnie's toe out, made my dick sing. Bunch of skits, cunts in the barrel stolen. Big balls like Mitch Rawlins. Lock up your daughters. After a short uh, interruption, there we were recording on uh, Tuesday in October. Now it's the 22nd of October, Saturday, and we're back online. Wi Fi sucks (laughs) in Australia. I just lost reception. Yeah, but yeah, we're back now. Stoked. Stoked, man. Yeah, Jesus. Bit of a hiatus, but we're back here now. So the second question was, um, Winnie, out of the five, a crescent or a bat tail? And I think um, you answered that with – actually, no. Crescent. Did, did you give a definitive answer on that? You, you were going through the, all, all the different variants, eh? Yeah, I went through all the ones, but I chose crescent for me because that's what I ride most. Yeah, yeah, the all-rounder. Yeah. Do you reckon for the first ten years of your life, Bergen, that was that was all Crez? Um, no, I rode when I used to ride for Custom X back in the day. I used to ride. I used to get bat tails quite a bit. I used to, yeah, kind of enjoy them. And then I can't remember after who did I ride for after that? I think that's when I went to NMD and um, just went to Crescent. Got a couple of bat tails off meds back in the day, but I'm um, kind of yeah slowly filtered out of that. And just, yeah, on the crescent. Yeah, sick. On the crescent moon, just nicely shaped in between the hips there. Yeah, for sure. No, they're still pretty good. They all, ha- all yeah. have a moment, but, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, bloody oath. I definitely felt when I used to ride a bat tail that my gonads were probably not as safe as with um the crescent board, you know, <laughs> just because some of the land is even off just like rolls or something on the shoreline. When I was a whippersnacker, there was a, there was the odd moment, eh, where that hump would just, yeah, just not be sure. Be a, Definitely. Be a speed demon, but far out, it, it could cut you in half when it wanted to. Yeah, maybe that's why Virtue, Sean Virtue, stopped so early because he was overlanding on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, when you look back on that, was it that Philippines invert that he did half naked? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was almost just full naked, wasn't it? He had a T-shirt yeah. and a rashi on. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty much full same. naked. That's full yeah, naked. it's not really sure. half. That's full yeah, it's full naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you show him the lower half like that, you've just got to give him the full credit it deserves because he went so high and just just gave us the full package, eh? That's, that's bizarre when you, 
you talk about that, isn't it? Who gets their shorts ripped off in the heat and just keeps surfing? Oh. <laughs> oh. One one man with like ferocious competitive spirit and just obviously the will just to have a good time. He looked like he was loving yeah. it. Were you you were you were there for that compa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was pumping the whole time. It was such a yeah, such a good comp. Gosh, we used to have some sick comps, didn't we? Didn't you? Jeez, there was like yeah. the golden age there, eh? Would you? How would you key the golden age? Like, what? Where would you put your brackets for you from year to year? Oh, yeah, it was. I guess yeah, because we'd kind of touched on it earlier, like those first couple of years were a lot of free surfing and then the kind of competition came later but it, yeah it was all all fun it was just all good times even when we we're on tour in the comps it was just you know we we're always playing soccer against either the french or the brazilians or chileans like we we're always there to have a good time playing tennis heaps and just doing whatever and just yeah living really having a good time yeah, it's so funny you say that. I remember in all your, um, your vids and your cuts that you guys were bringing out over there, especially in Hawaii, there'd be so many epic soccer games or tennis games. I remember there was one of you and Pierre um, staring off on a tennis tennis court back in the day. Is, am, am I correct in saying that or am I making that up? Yeah, Pierre was just really keen to beat me. <laughs> Super keen. I don't think he ever got there, but... He just got me in the water <laughs> instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you guys yeah. have a couple of humdingers in the water? Oh, he was always hard to beat. He was just so hungry and, yeah, he's, he's just so good. So, yeah, he's always tough to beat. Man, in this front-on comp already, just watching a couple of the earlier days and I think he started in round six when – um. The main event kind of took off after the early rounds being the trials and straight away you could tell just he is on another level. Him and Amore especially. Like everyone else is yeah. ripping and Marley Dunn, everyone. But how crazy is Pierre? Yeah, I felt like watching those highlights. Um, there was kind of four guys. For me, just from the highlights, what I saw on one of the days and it was, yeah, Pierre, Amore, Tanner and Tristan, they just looked super solid on their boards, like really solid. Um, everyone else, there was a lot of guys ripping, don't get me wrong, and um, and um, Louis was surfing really well too and Marley and heaps of other guys, but I just felt like those four, when you watch them take off, I don't know. They, I mean, Amori lives there just down the road. And he's, uh, and he's such a solid, strong bodyboarder, and that's, I think, what that wave needs. Someone who's really solid on their board and um, knows the reef well and knows which ones to go. So, yeah, yeah I kind so, of feel like those guys. Yeah, 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 100%. I've got to agree with Amore. He's watching him out there, um, I think it was in round six, and then he went straight into round eight because you miss – you miss seven, obviously, as as that's the repercharge. But yeah, he looked incredible. He got this left where he just read it so impeccably well, like you were saying, just understanding the reef and those drone drone angles looking down at the reef itself, man. It's it's, it's so psycho, amazing, mate. Yeah, with all the cracks in it and so volcanic and shallow. It's, it's trippy yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's yeah, it's entertaining, that's for sure. Oi, Winnie, if I were to give you a hundred bucks, mate. 
And this is obviously um, recorded at the time of Tristan Roberts, Tanner McDaniel, Alan Munoz still being in the hunt for the world title and giving you the odds, mind you, you've got $100, giving you the odds of 225 for Tristan Roberts. Yeah. A juicy 380, possibly drifting out to 390 or 4 if, you know, we yeah. get further on and you can see progression. I'm happy to... You know, kind of weighing out on those odds, I and mean, then when the Alan Moon odds yeah. are smoky at twelve dollars, who would you put your money on to win the world title? <laughs> um, like smart bet, straight up. I feel like Tristan personally. I just um, that's your smart bet. Um, but I'd love to. I'd love to go ballsy and go Alan. I feel like he surfs sick. Um, on rights and lefts, and I just feel like if he won it, the Chileans would go nuts. Like they would go absolutely wild, and um, and it'd just be pretty sick to to see um someone win it for Chile for the first time ever. So that would be pretty pretty incredible. But um, yeah, a bit more yeah. chance to lose it, I guess, at twelve bucks. <laughs> Yeah, but 12's juicy. I reckon that's well worth taking it but, because, as you said, he's got skills. But it's your 100 bucks. And it's your 100 bucks, isn't it? But Bro, I'm so happy to put two pineapples <laughs> on the table and just and see what happens, eh? It would be sure. so wild like, if, if we, yeah. we could get odds. Yeah, give him a crack. Give him a crack. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Um, all right, so back to the questions. The third one being, no, sorry, we're still up to the second one, eh? Yeah, we're still up yes. to the second. We just keep chatting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I'm skipping ahead here. Um, second one being ramp or pit, Winnie? Oh, yeah, we nearly got to that last time. Uh, ramp or pit? Yeah, no, I said pit, actually. That was when I was dropping out. I said pit because about oh, a couple of months ago, I did an invert at the wreck and landed in the V. It kind of hurt my shoulder and I was just a bit over it. So I'd definitely choose pit. Yeah, a juicy pit where you can just slide a long aim. And obviously, being in so many all your life, the time to just be there, be like slotting up and just enjoying it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Checking it all out. I know. Just. Maybe have a look down at your watch. Yeah, it's been, it's been five <laughs> or six seconds. Might pop out for a second. How it's going? Has there been sure. sand behind um the point at the pass? Or has there been any mental banks around home? Uh, the guys have been. I haven't surfed it yet, but the guys have been surfing one in the river at, um, in Ballina, in the river. Really? Um, yeah, it's hard to get your head around, isn't it? <laughs> wow! So is a right hand up in the inside of the yeah. break wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yet to surf it, but Winston and Pollard and Axel and stuff, few of the guys have been surfing it, and um, they reckon it's all right. But um, I'm pretty sure I can say that there's a wave there because I don't think it's going to get crowded because I don't think that many people are that game. I was just about to say, man, hats off to the boys just going out there and enjoying the waves yeah. because, yeah, <laughs> my mom, my brother was actually, funnily enough, at um, Southwell this morning and he was just video um, 
FaceTime me, sorry, and yeah, we spoke about that obvious, like obvious fact of sharks being pretty prevalent there, and to just put it out of your mind and go surf like that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. All right, man. Um, third question being, would you? And I can't already know the answer to this, but you know, still worth um, asking. Dolphin cut fins yeah. or other designed fins? Uh, just dolphin cut, I think. I just, I don't know. They feel nice and work like a rudder. So, yeah, go with those. Do you ever put them together like a rudder or like a big fin? <laughs> what do you mean, like <laughs> in the middle? Like kicking like a merman in the ocean. Oh, like a merman. It's actually, it's hard. It's like butterfly. It is it's hard. pretty hard. It, yeah, it's yeah it is, man. Dude, um, yeah. I was only watching that, uh, what was that, Doco? It's got Ray Collins in it too, from Patagonia. God, yeah, okay. And um, old mate Rasta is, is in it, and it is incredible to see when he's doing um, body surfing at the past that his chest concaves in and allows water to pass like through his diaphragm and, and in his shaped, you know, perfectly shaped body and allows water to go out through his legs and he's just kind of got yeah, him slightly wow. part of his body. Yeah, like you can tell that much like Tyron Martin or like maybe yeah. Nick Ormod, I don't really know, but maybe like similar body types that just allow like yep. the water to be streamlined, you know. So cool to see. Yeah, that's yeah, that's sick. We well, yeah, have Rasta's nuts in the, in the ocean, so can imagine that. Yeah, man. Have you seen him surfing around home? Yeah, he's seen him quite a bit. Um, he's just, he's actually got crazy paddle on him. It's like his arms are like, I don't know if they're like a foot longer than everyone else's, but he's just <laughs> like, he just paddles faster than anyone you can imagine. It's nuts. Like, yeah, he, he's really good paddler and, um, obviously, yeah, he shreds. So he's pretty easy on the eyes to watch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He's one of my favourite surfers, definitely. I mean, who else has a crazy paddle, man? And I've seen it at Pipe so many times. Aussie Pipe, that is. Benny P. Yeah, he gets pretty horny, doesn't he? Mate, and he can cluck along and just blurt out <laughs> statements statements while he's paddling that just make yeah, me laugh yeah. so much. He's a, yeah. oh, he's a classic to be in the lineup with. Yeah, yeah. Him and um, Jared Houston's got – he's a pretty turbo paddler too. Oh, yeah? He gets going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen – yeah, it'd be interesting to see who's the fastest paddler. They should time it. Yeah, I know. And then what fins you're allowed to wear, you know, because some of them are like oh, – so I'm getting to me little bingers coming in. Um, please yeah, no ignore that. There's rude sounds. Um, it'd be funny to see <laughs> if you, you lined them up together and what fins they could use, you know, and like what the, the rules were. Because you remember in the Olympics, all of those um, all of those athletes got their medals taken off them because they were wearing those streamlined Speedo suits. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure oh, like some of them were taken back. Yeah, like, oh, fuck, I've got to fact check that now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of them were revoked. <laughs> or maybe their world records or something don't stand because they were just deemed to be yeah, well. too much quicker, you know. So, fuck, you got to – my yeah. point being, you got to you got to nail those <laughs> little differences down. Yeah, totally. Bros, um, 
Fourth question off the rank, Beachy or Reef, Dave Winchester? I would go a Reef um, purely because living on the north coast, you surf a lot more beaches than Reef. So, you know, I just be like, I like to paddle out in the channel a bit more, a bit, a few less duck dives and just slide in and a bit more mechanical. So, yeah, I'd go with that. What's your favourite Reef, Winnie? Oh, like in the whole world? Yeah, if you were to in just transport... talking? Man, if you were to just be transported to one location right now, being a juicy reef set up, where would you want to be? And you obviously have swell winds, everything sorted. Do you know, I I love surfing North Point um, in WA when that's like, it's it's such a sick wave. Like, it's got such a good long barrel. And it's got a huge ramp at the end too. So you can kind of get like, you can get wave of your life out there pretty much. Yeah. So you can get a really long barrel and then have like the biggest air bowl you've ever had. So I'd probably say that if if it's uncrowded. Thanks. Can you make that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the, the biggest obstacles. Eh? Everyone just wants an absolute yeah. form out there. Some of the footage from totally. has just proved that. Eh? Like you're so right, the long barrels and the way it, Air bowls at the end. It's a it's a freak of a wave. It is, and you go so fast out there too. So yeah, I'd be pretty excited, pretty excited for that. I'd actually, I really would like to surf green that Greenbush wave in Indo. I've never surfed yeah. it, but um, that would get me pretty excited. It looks wild for a boog, doesn't it? It does. I know everyone everyone who surfed it says it's really fast. So. I just think, yeah, I'll just be keen, really keen to have a crack. It's pretty shallow too. I reckon, um, well, this is my guess after our um, board talk earlier on in the earlier on the potty. I'm thinking you're thinking quad. Yeah, you strap a quad on for sure and just go. <laughs> I reckon just just beeline for that channel. <laughs> just put a jet on your board and yeah. just get to that channel. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it looks unbelievable, doesn't it? So green. It really lives up to the name. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Boat trip next year, 2023. Is that happening? No, I don't know if I can swing it. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I'd love to. Oi, talking about boat trips, Coop's actually got on one to the Mentos this year and he got to swindle it for 10 days, had a ball. I know, you, it was Amin and Ara and I was like, get on it, mate. If you got the green light, get out there. Yeah, I was so surprised he got the green light and the thumbs up and he just he took it with <laughs> both hands. I was so pumped. As soon as he got the green light, I swear to God, he was on the phone to the embassy trying to get his passport updated and fast track it and stuff because he had a, a bit of a moment <laughs> on like the first morning of him booking his flights, realising that his passport was out of date. And, you know, we've all been there with oh, that like shit. that st- lurching stomach moment going, did I just drop this money? And I'm not going to be able to actually leave the country, but he got it sorted and it was all totally. sweet and he got epic waves. Yeah, stoked. He guessed he, he was um he was on the boat with Danny Wall of all people from back in the ABC days. Oh yeah, he he's went nuts. 
didn't he? He used to go absolutely nuts. Remember that one he um he gets at Riley's in in Ireland that huge yeah. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, yeah. he used to charge. He's yeah, good bodybuilder. Buddy, I, I think um, Coops also said he surfed Jobs with him a couple of times and saw him get some pretty wild West ones out there. Like he didn't mind dropping over the ledge, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. The pommies charging. I know, I know eh? Buddy pommies, mate, you know? Buddy pommies. Yeah, We're only on 250 years separate from them, really. Yeah, totally. So crazy to think that that's just a migration from the northern hemisphere all the way down to the the southern hemisphere, pretty much on the other side, yeah. exactly on the opposite sides of the world, and just carry on, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's strange for sure. <laughs> droopy, droopy. Um, last question, Windog. What do you reckon about the bicep or the wrist leash situation? I'm bicep all the way. I could never stand wrist leashes. Um, they're just in the way. I just can't stand them. I'd rather not have a wrist leash on than I'd just rather not have a leash at all. Um, strong. Yeah. Strong what about comment. you? Yeah, yeah I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm I'm exactly um, of the same mindset. It just does get in the way for me. I did try them for a little bit. I'm, I'm Definitely enjoyed the way they looked and how the gyros um, were aesthetically designed. It was really cool. Um, there was a cool phase there. I remember. I think I mentioned it with Chase over before about Sam Bennett wearing one for ages, and I was like, "That is yeah. rad." Because Sam was always the um, always the top guy in our like age group coming through state rounds yeah. and that kind of stuff and nationals. And man, you see like his first video. This sounds real. Real romantic towards Sam, but God, man, his first vid when it dropped um, of him surfing breakwall and doing that huge invert out of a one for ball, I was like, who is this elastic mm. freak, man? And um, that's yeah. what I definitely on the, the gyro vibe. But um, to answer your question, yeah, dude, bicep all the way. It's just way more, yeah. um, way more practical, I'd have to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, um. Dude, I think that brings us to the end, the end of the potty, man. I think we've we've rounded out the last twenty one minutes nicely, you know. And good to get you back on yeah. five days later. Yeah, no, thanks again for having us. And um, yeah, stoked we got it all done. Yeah, bloody oath, man. We had a couple of technical difficulties there, but you know, onwards and upwards. <laughs> for sure, nah, we got there in the end. But um, yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, catch you yeah, soon. definitely. And see how we go with our um, the predictions for our drifting um, our drifting long odds twelve dollars Alan Moonot. See if you can really bring it home <laughs> yeah, for, the, yeah. for the Chileans. Yeah, let's go out. Go out, hey! Send our love, <laughs> giddy up. For sure. Yeah. All right, man. Keep well, Winnie. Okay, thanks again. See you, Lukey. Cheers, my bro. Bye. It was all a pipe dream, watching bodyboarding up on TV. Deep at reef, watching tension repeats, eating bakery feeds at 18. Living the dream with no sunscreen, yeah, we were so keen. Surfing Aussie pipe, buying riptide, eating shit pies, maybe get high.